funny. Act three. Act three. <laughs> Ooh, that was some Vincent Price there. <laughs> that was nice. I like that. You really went for it. Yeah. Uh, yes, Bunny, my friend. It is time once again for this podcast to slowly, casually mosey our way into the third and final act of the Popon film. And for the uninitiated amongst you out there in the ether, the third and final act of this podcast is where we finally and eventually discuss our handcrafted, hand and hand-jobbed movie of the week. And this week, I have something to say that will change the fate of this podcast and dare I say the world. Okay. We continue our summer of Fred Willard with a look at Rift Tracks presents Missile to the Moon. Yes. And Bunny, I do mean that intro. I've got something shocking to drop on you and on everyone. But first, let us start off the discussion the way that we start every Fred Willard movie with a trip into the Fred Willometer. Yes. Discussing how much Fred Willard is in this film. This is our fourth Fred Willard movie this summer. Already we have done Harold and Kumar go to White Castle, A Mighty Wind, and Moving Violations, and now Rift Tracks presents Missile to the Moon. And I dare say... I have a number of Fred Willard movies for our summer of Fred Willard. I had an idea for another themed summer that I thought we should do, but instead Fred Willard died, so we did this. But my original idea was we we spend the entire summer watching every SNL movie. Okay. So we watch the Coneheads. It's Pat. Superstar, Night at the Roxbury, and all the other uh, SNL, Wayne's World, Wayne's World 2, uh, The Ladies Man. I had a whole list of movies, but then Fred Willard died and we had to, because I don't think any of those movies are good. No. At all. But it still would have been fun to do. But instead... It's Fred Willard, the summer of Fred Willard. And I I dare say this might be the most Fred Willard we get in any of our movies. That is what I'm thinking. So far, this is the highest on the Fredometer. Fred Willometer. Fred Willometer. Yes. Fred Willometer. I think this is the highest. It it's gotta be at least fifty percent Fred. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, sure, technically, uh, Fred Willard isn't in Missile to the Moon, but instead of a whole team of people riffing on this movie, it's just uh, our man Fred Willard trading barbs with Mike Nelson. May he rot in hell. Okay. But despite my feelings on Mike Nelson, which we will get to in just a little bit. I've never trusted him. Yes. Uh, well, we're going to get into that. It's just great to hear Fred Willard cracking wise all over this movie with his, I dare say, iconic voice. Yes. This is a much what a must watch riff 
for all the Fred Willard heads out there. And right now it's free to watch on Tubi TV, along with every episode of Lucha Underground. And a really great travel show called Travel Sick that I really love, where a, a British comedian, Grub Smith, goes to different countries and has these gross challenges he has to do in each country. And yeah. it's really fun and stupid. Uh, so Tubi TV, it's free to sign up. There's a bunch of good stuff on it. So, so there's our Fred Willometer. Now, before I drop the bomb, Bunny. Okay. Let's do some stats on the movie itself. Missile to the Moon. Missile to the Moon is a 1958 black and white science fiction movie that has been colorized by legendary films, which also colorized Plan 9 from Outer Space, the bastards. Yeah. I, I was wondering how the blue, why the blue was so blue. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, it was black and white. It was a black and white film. Um, this is one of many films that you can point to and say... And God Spoke was right. People do use Vasquez Rock too much. <laughs> this is one of those things. Like most of the time when people say Vasquez Rock, you think of Kirk. Yeah. You know, an alien planet fighting like a green dinosaur type person. But oh my God, so much has been filmed there. Like fucking Missile to the Moon. Yeah. So. Missile to the Moon is a direct remake of a film that came out five years before Catwomen on the Moon. Yes. And that is fascinating to me. So Astor Pictures released Catwomen on the Moon in 1953. It's on the hard drive, and, and I watch it every once in a while because it's just a fun, stupid science fiction movie about going to the moon where there's a race of sexy women. And it's only like an hour and 10 minutes, and it's just fun and stupid, and, and I really, really like it. And so the movie was a hit. So five years later, Astor Pictures said, let's just make it again. <laughs> so they made it again. Apparently, the reason why they remade the film was because in the original Cat Women on the Moon, here's all these sexy women on the moon. And maybe they can... Uh, uh, win the heart of these 50 and 60 year old actors. Yes. So the idea for missile to the moon was what if we make this again, but this time actually try and have young people in it. So that's why there's like a, <laughs> Hey, I just boosted this car. Maybe we should hide out in this spaceship. Hey, why are we st we're stuck in here? Hey, don't you crack wise on me, Jimmy. You know, like, <laughs> way of like younging it up yes. so but my question is like I've seen cat women, cat women on the moon numerous times uh -huh. I don't think they remade everything because I swear some of the reactions to the rock monsters are the exact same fucking thing <laughs> yeah I swear to God, they got a few scenes of the rock monsters and and added from Catwomen and added it to Missile. I am pretty sure. I would not be surprised. 
So, so there are certain episodes of Mystery Science Theater that I watch so much that I just, I have them memorized, absolutely memorized. The way you memorize a song, like you memorize all the lyrics to Hotel California, yeah. or you memorize all the lyrics to uh, 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 Stairway to Heaven. Okay. I have like... Manos, the hands of fate, and the amazing colossal man that's just burned into my brain. So when I was watching the credits to Missile to the Moon, I was pleasantly surprised because the female star, Steve's fiance June, is played by Kathy Downs on the first chair. <laughs> From the amazing colossal man, when they're doing the credits, they go, and our junior trombone, Kathy Downs on the first chair. And it's like, oh, shit, that's the chick from Amazing Colossal Man. Oh, (laughs) for me, recognizing some old ass actress from the 50s, you know? Yeah. And also, I looked it up. The dark haired convict. He seemed familiar. And I don't think I've ever seen this, but apparently the dark haired convict, that's Gary Clark, who was super famous for playing Steve the Ranch Hand in the TV Western The Virginian. Okay. Yeah. I I was never big on Westerns. I never saw The Virginian, but I'm just saying that Right now, in my heart, every TV Western is once upon a time dot 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 in Hollywood to me. Okay. You know? Yeah. Like, when I heard that the dark-haired convict was the ranch hand in the Virginian, the first thing I thought of was, here, put these on. Don't cry in front of the Mexicans. I love that movie so much. My wife just ordered me a t-shirt and it has a fake poster for the 14 fists of McCluskey on it. <laughs> and, and, and I'm really excited to wear the shirt because I'm not wearing a shirt from the movie. I'm wearing a shirt with a fake poster from a movie from a movie. Yes. Like I'm really getting meta. With my movie love. And I'm just going to come out and say it. I think Quentin Tarantino should make the 14 Fists of McCluskey. Yes. I know he already has, kind of, with Inglorious Bastards. But I think that he should just do it. Right now, he is apparently working on actual full-length episodes of Bounty Law. And that'll be interesting. But I'm like, I want every fake movie yeah. In that movie to be real. I want the 14 fists of McCluskey. He should really re-team with Robert Rodriguez for that one. I want to see his episode of Hullabaloo. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, Bunny. Yes. Are you ready for my bombshell? I don't know, man. I don't know. I you know This is 2020, man. I don't know how much I could take. Oh, my God. Get ready for this. Okay. Okay. So. Go for it. When I see duos, the way I always see it is there's always when it comes to a duo, there's always like the serious one. Okay. 
the straight man, the brains behind the outfit who takes this seriously and works really, really hard to make sure that everything's great. And then there's the one who kind of takes it one day at a time and kind of doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. And the way that it always goes is the one who doesn't give a fuck is always much more popular than the one who who takes things seriously and actually works. The way yeah. I always see it is sort of like, uh, okay, there's Matt Hardy who takes wrestling seriously, and then there's Jeff Hardy who's always getting into DUIs and doesn't care about his body, and everybody loves him. Yeah. That's also Abbott and Costello. That's also Laurel and Hardy. That's also every team of people. Yes. You know, every team of men, I always see this. So the way I always saw it was there's Mike, the head writer who takes riff, who takes riffing seriously and was the brains behind writing MST3K for so long. And then there's let's just fucking do it. Joel, Joel. And I know that Joel, that that. MST3K was his idea and his brainchild. And I know that he worked really hard on it, but the way I always saw it was, okay, there's Joel and then there's fucking sorry ass Mike. And I never trusted Mike. Okay. Just like you said, I never trusted Mike and there was something about him. And so, um, I was originally going to talk about Fred Willard doing this riff track talk about the movie and then talk a lot about riff tracks and go deep into riff tracks and how it was created and the fight between Joel and Mike and their competing riffing type shows, Joel with cinematic Titanic and all of that. But then I felt like, you know what? I've done that before on the podcast. We've already done this. We've already tackled this. I need sort of different take on it. So I started looking into Mike Nelson Born on October 11th, 1964, in St. Charles, Illinois. His ancestry is Danish, German, and Irish, which is a really funny way of saying white. Yes. And uh, and I'm learning about him, and none of this is exciting. None of this is really thrilling. And then I get to the personal life part, okay? Okay. Let me read to you from Mike Nelson's Twitter from Mike Nelson's Wikipedia page about his personal life. Okay. Are you ready for this? Okay. That's what you have to do whenever someone says, are you ready? Are you all ready for this? Okay. That's just, okay. Mike has described the role of Christianity in his family as, quote, the very centerpiece of our lives. We're heavily involved in our church. My wife works with youth groups and churches as her profession, and almost every career and life decision I make depends on it, unquote. Mike studies Christian apologetics and cites William Lane Craig and C.S. Lewis as major influences. Oh, man. Politically, Nelson describes himself as a conservative. He summed up his views during an interview on on the MST3K fan site in 2004. Quote, I read the National Review cover to cover. Okay. 
I check in at townhall.com every day. I check the Washington Times daily. I listen to Dennis Prager and Michael Medved on a regular basis. I read Mark Stein with regularity. That's a big red flag because he's a real fucking shithead. I read the Weekly Standard. So, yes, I do vote Republican. Okay. Okay. Now, so, now, now, my my immediate thought is like he's got to be pulling our fucking legs somehow. I yeah. mean, I, 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 I don't like him. I don't trust him. But I, I don't. Could he really be that low? Yeah. Uh, the fact that he reads fucking Mark Stein on a regular basis—he's a real fucking douchebag. He freaking hates uh, immigrants and wants to arrest all Muslims and, and, and thinks that we should bomb Iraq. He's, he's real trash. He wrote a book really? called America Alone, The End of the World as We Know It, about how horrible life is under Obama and, like, real fucking trash. Really? Yeah, that's Mark Stein. Oh, that's the, I thought that was right. Mike. <laughs> No, Mark Stein. No, he. Mike said that he reads Stein Mark for a Stein. little more more of this then. <laughs> on a regular basis, and that's a real red flag. Yeah. Oh that's yeah. It's a real red flag. So 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 that's not the bombshell. Okay. Okay. So a Twitter account, a Twitter account by the name of at Lost Turntable posted this at the beginning of, of this week. And I'm going to read his tweets verbatim. Okay. Did you know that Mike Nelson of MST3K fame has a podcast? It's with Doug Ten Napel and some other dude. It's called Audio Mullet here are some summaries of recent episodes of the podcast. These are official summaries taken from their web page. So he, so so the rest of the tweet so so the next three tweets are descriptions of episodes of the podcast that come from their website. Okay? May 30th. We aren't sure where Mike is. We hope he is okay. He is in Minneapolis where massive rioting has broken out. So Doug and Ethan talk about the situation, the frustration, racism, and all of the things you're not to allowed to weigh in on if you're a white person. Okay. So here's the May 9th episode of their podcast. Will America ever be the same after the COVID lockdown and the destruction of our economy? All of this paranoia and hall monitoring? Okay, so hall here monitoring? is a description. Yeah, hall monitoring. So here's the description for the May 2nd episode of the podcast. Quote, Two of the three mullets, Doug and Mike, discuss the proper Christian response now that we are, for all intents and purposes, living in a police state. So already, there's some red flags. Yeah. You know? 
So, well, so we are that, living in a police state. I mean, they got that right, but yeah, but I don't think the reasons are probably all fucking wrong. Yeah, yeah. So, so then Lost Turntable keeps going, and he he tweets the most recent episode really got me though. Mike isn't there, but Doug and the other guy read listener mail. One listener complains that Doug uses the word fag too much. Apparently, Doug uses the word enough for it to warrant an email in 2020, but it gets even worse. Doug Tenapel's response to this is to chicken shit around the issue for a bit, ham and haw about vulgarity and being crude and avoid it for as much as possible until he finally caves and gives an answer to why he says fag and faggy. And here is his answer. The point of using the word fag is not to address homosexuals at all, or the N-word, or pussy doesn't mean anything about women at all. What I'm making fun of is a Christian who votes liberal. Mike Nelson is an on... Mike Nelson isn't on this episode, but judging from the descriptions of the episodes he is on, it is safe to say that he doesn't feel all that different than Tug than Doug on this issue. So hey, fuck Mike Nelson, fuck T- Doug Ten Napel, and fuck Rift Tracks. That's going to be a long title. Yeah, <laughs> Mike Nelson and Doug Ten Napel. Are homophobic, neocon, racist pieces of shit. I'm done ever supporting any content that involves Mike Nelson, and I'm pretty sure I'll never watch an episode of MST3K with him again either. Fuck that dude, he's a piece of shit. So he tweeted this, uh, yeah, he tweeted this a couple of days ago, and it got traction on Twitter, and suddenly I was like, now this I can talk to about on the podcast. But then Mike Nelson released a statement literally i i discovered this a few hours before the podcast and this is his statement thanks for your concern and i appreciate the chance to address this i started a podcast a few years back with doug ten napel and ethan nicole which because of time constraints i have pulled away from and become more of an infrequent guest on certain recent episodes of which i did not take part doug made statements that many found hurtful i hope it is clear that those statements are dogs and not mine but listening to your concerns and taking them seriously i have decided to end my involvement with the podcast i sincerely apologize to anyone hurt by my participation in this podcast and wanted to be clear that i denounce bias against anyone based on race sexual orientation or sexual identity thanks for hearing me out mike nelson and i'm sorry but riff tracks is over for me (laughs) hashtag riff tracks is over party no, I still want the Mystery Science Theater tattoo. Yeah. Rift Tracks is something completely different, and I'm done with Rift Tracks. And I, even if I know that he, Mike Nelson didn't say, uh, 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 fag, and, 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 and he probably didn't mean it, but the fact that he, he created this, the facts are he's still a far right wing piece of shit. Yeah. And, you know, like, like, I'm done with riff tracks. You know, I, I just 
Like, this is enough for me to stay away. Yeah. Yeah. I so, I would agree. So, yeah, hashtag Rift Tracks is over, party. Because I'm done with Mike, and I'm done with Rift Tracks. I am done with, like, even if, like, okay, so he, 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 he doesn't agree with, with the statements made in the podcast and he's distanced himself from the podcast. Great. You still created a podcast where this can happen. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And like, they never said anything strange in front of you before on any of the shows you were on. Yeah. You know, you didn't like kind of pick up on something. No, nothing. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Rift Tracks is over for me. And basically he just comes down to, I didn't say fag. He said fag. Yeah. You know, yeah, that's, just like. <laughs> that's, that's not an appropriate response. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's, that's, that's all I've gotten for this movie this week. It's great to hear Fred Willard, but goddamn, I'm, I'm, I, I was already looking for a reason to hate Mike, and this is enough of a reason for me to hate Mike. Yeah. Even if the podcast wasn't around, the simple fact that he is like a right-wing Christian is enough for me to step away from Rift Tracks. Yeah. But the fact that he's on this podcast that just seems to not care about gay people at all, like, no, I'm, I'm, no, I'm done. I, I don't want to know... I, I, I just, you just know that in the back of Mike's head, he has some questionable thoughts about black lives matter. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So I'm done with riff tracks. And, and I think if, if people learned about this story that, yeah, I think a lot more people would be done with riff tracks too. Unfortunately, there are riff tracks and mystery science theater stands out there that will stand for mystery science, all mystery science theater, no matter what, in much the same way uh, that there are WWE fans. Yeah. That will, that will never say anything bad about WWE or Vince McMahon, but like, there are people coming to Mike's defense and, Oh, I hope that this is enough. Uh, I, I'm sorry that these crybabies out there think that, that everyone needs to be coddled. And I'm sorry that you didn't win a participation trophy and like, Oh, Oh yeah. No. They, yeah. There's some, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm fucking done with riff tracks. So yeah, you, you all got upset over fucking haircuts. Yeah. 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 You know, yeah. <laughs> You don't get to say that this is coddling anything. Yeah. So that's so that's the end of Rift Tracks, and that's the end of this week's movie, Missile to the Moon. It's still worth watching if you're a fan of Fred Willard, and if you go on Tubi TV, you can watch it for free without having to pay Mike Nelson's pocket. Yeah. Next week, we are continuing our Summer of Fred Willard with a movie I've never seen before, but I'm happy to see it. Uh-huh. The Method Man and Red Man pot collegiate comedy, How High. Have you ever seen this movie, Bunny? 
No, not sure I've even heard of it. It's two rappers and they're best friends and they somehow get enrolled in like Harvard or Princeton or some shit. It's basically like a like a typical college comedy, except the stars are two best friend rappers who smoke a shit ton of weed. I and Fred Willard is in it, and I'm hoping to God he's the cranky dean. Yeah. Fingers crossed that Fred Willard is the dean. And yeah, he's like, oh, that would be nice. I'm gonna stop you guys from smoking on my campus. And that's <laughs> that's fingers crossed. That's what happens. It's already on the shared cough cough. Okay. I think it's H H two thousand one, if I'm not mistaken. And also next week we talk about Irish Dracula, and very excited about that. So that's next week. Next week is going to be a good episode of the show. But now that I'm looking back at this episode, the highs and the lows, Maxwell and um, goat testicles, Tulsa, Oklahoma, yeah. and uh, Tenet. I gotta say, I think this has been a pretty good episode of the podcast. Mm-hmm. This has been a damn good episode of the podcast. Okay, good, good. I was gonna say the same thing, but it, you decide that you decide that uh, ranking, and and I didn't want to step on your toes or anything like that. But yes, I agree. I concur yes. with your assessment, good sir. Yes. So until next week, I am Bunny Williams. And I am Reverend Steve, and on behalf of uh, Natasha, Emerald, Bella, Amber, and everybody else in this crazy house, I just want to say thanks for listening, and we will see you next week, you godless heathens! And you do And you podcast? Nice. Do 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 do